Hello, I'm Andrew and welcome to this week's edition of the Black Country Talking News for the 18th of December 2023. Hello and welcome to the Black Country Talking News, brought to you by the sight loss charity Beacons. We're pleased to confirm that the Talking News is now available via Alexa. Once you've enabled the Talking Newspapers skill, all you need to do is play Talking Newspapers and ask for the Black Country Talking News. Our Talking News service is also available via the free Wireless for the Blind app. It can be found on the Beacon Centre website www.beaconvision.org forward slash talking dash news. As a podcast via services such as Apple or Spotify or as a free CD, simply contact Beacon Centre on 01902 we hope you enjoy this week's edition. This week, reading for you, we have myself, Nathan, Angela, Christine, Ian, Helen, Mina, Simon, and of course, Flashback Roger. In this week's edition, we have an update from Beacon, the quiz with the wonderful Mina. We have the latest local news for the black country. Another did you know section from Flashback Roger the latest local football news for West Brom and Wolves. We also have the weather for the week ahead. And now that we're into the season of cold weather and early sunset, we have another episode of our gentle exercise sessions. Local news to start though with Ian and Christine. But first, Angela. Actor, great champion of causes and a titan of British literature, Professor Benjamin Zephaniah leaves a huge cultural hole after dying at the age of 65. The West Midlands-based dub poet was known for his works about refugees and healthy eating, appeared in hit BBC show Peaky Blinders as Jeremiah Jesus, and championed good causes in the region. Zephaniah had been diagnosed with a brain tumour shortly before his death. The poet, born in Birmingham and brought up in Hansworth, was nominated for Autobiography of the Year at the National Book Awards for his work The Life and Rhymes of Benjamin Zephaniah and it was also shortlisted for the Costa Book Award in 2018. He was kicked out of school at the age of 13, unable to read or write and had dyslexia. In his 20s he travelled to London where his first book, Pen Rhythm, was published by Page One Book. But he remained proud to be a West Midlander and supported many good causes in our region, including being an active member in the successful fight to save an Acorns Hospice Centre in the Black Country. He was a proud Aston Villa fan and played the role of Jeremiah Jesus in Peaky Blinders, the hugely successful BBC drama about early gangs in Birmingham and the Black Country. Zephaniah's first writings used dub poetry, a Jamaica style of work that has evolved into the music genre of the same name, and he would also perform with the group The Benjamin Zephaniah Band. During his music career, Zephaniah worked with Irish singer Sinead O'Connor on Empire and British musician Howard Jones and drummer Trevor Morais on his album Naked. 
As a children's poet, he wrote Talking Turkeys, We Sang Across the Sea, The Empire Windrush and Me, and Nature Trail. He always loved being on stage and often spoke of the importance, joy and fond memories of being back in the region to see friendly faces from the West Midlands. Zephaniah was a patron of Acorns Hospice and supported its successful campaign to save its centre in Warsaw after a financial crisis. The charity said, Benjamin was a beloved friend to Acorns and we have many wonderful memories of his visits to our hospices, which were always filled with smiles and laughter. Everyone at Acorns will miss him deeply and our thoughts are with all his friends and family at this time. Acorn staff member Melanie Hines remembered Benjamin's visit fondly. She said, I had the absolute pleasure of working with him and the children when he visited our centre. He was so gentle in his manner and captivating with his voice, speaking to the children about stories, storytelling and how to write your own, a huge talent and big loss. West Midlands Mayor Andy Street described Benjamin as a poet, author, actor, musician and icon. He added, Benjamin was a pioneer, from his beautiful poems and music to his acting prowess and fearless campaigning. One of the region's greatest sons, he leaves a legacy that will be remembered across the UK for generations. A Dudley Library has reopened with a colourful new look in a £670,000 refurbishment project. Briarley Hill Library officially opened its doors again last Monday, revealing the results of a long-awaited makeover. The High Street Library announced its temporary closure in April, having operated out of a pop-up site at the nearby St Michael's Church since then. The library's internal works, including new decor and flooring, has been organised by Dudley Council and funded through the government's Future High Streets Fund. At the newly transformed site, residents can now enjoy improved ground floor access, a children's library and new meeting rooms for community use, such as school classes, group sessions and family activities. The library has been given a colourful makeover as green lighting now lines the ceiling, while vibrant blue sofas offer the perfect spot to enjoy a new book. And an inviting children's area awaits the younger readers, featuring brightly coloured chairs and tables and a large art piece inspired by Kenneth Graham's The Wind in the Willows. The refurbishment of the library comes as part of a multi-million pound project to regenerate Briley Hill High Street with plans including the improvement of transport links and upgrade of public toilets. Speaking last week, ahead of the library's grand reopening, Deputy Leader of Dudley Council, Councillor Paul Bradley, thanked residents and businesses for their patience during the works. He said, Riley Hill High Street has had significant investment over the last 12 months, and the refurbishment of the library is one element of the regeneration plans for the town. I would like to take this opportunity to thank the residents and the businesses for their patience and cooperation during these works, as we continue to make the town a more attractive and accessible place for people to visit, shop and do business. 
Briley Hill Library is open Mondays, Tuesdays and Thursdays from 9am to 6pm, Wednesdays and Fridays from 9am to 5pm and Saturdays from 9am to 4pm. For information about classes and facilities, visit better.org.uk forward slash library forward slash Dudley. Regional libraries have also welcomed receiving more than £80,000 in funding to help people get involved with their community and tackle loneliness. The money will go towards events across Wolverhampton such as group reading, walking and crafts. It aims to improve people's well-being and pride through volunteering and community events. Sessions will be held in libraries and community centres across the city until March 2025. The funding from the government's Know Your Neighbourhood project aims to tackle loneliness and increase the number of people volunteering in areas. Events will be run by the library services to build people's skills and social networks. Wolverhampton Council Bupinda Gakal said, The events will be run by the library services to build people's skills and social networks. Members of the library groups will be supported to volunteer and take lead in running the events in the future. City of Wolverhampton Council added. Up next, we hear from Helen, who, as usual, has our latest Beacon update. Hi, everyone. It's Helen from Beacon, back with your weekly update. And this week, I want to start by saying thank you to everyone who attended or made a donation to remember a loved one on our Christmas tree. Our annual Forget-Me-Not service took place on December the 7th to light up our Christmas tree in honour of all those gone but never forgotten. It's one of our most special events of the year here at Beacon and we're so grateful for the support of our local community who have once again been so kind with their donations to our Forget-Me-Not tree appeal and sharing their memories of their loved ones. Now, if you've visited our Sedgley shop recently, You may be aware that it has got a new look. The store was recently closed for a day as part of River Refurbishment Works, but it is now reopened and looking fantastic. Furniture, the women's and men's clothing departments are all in the same place, but laid out slightly differently. Children's has moved to where the books used to be. Books have moved to where homeware used to be. And homeware has moved to where the children's section was. The till is now in the centre of the shop and we think the changes have made it more spacious and easier to navigate and we hope that you love it as much as we do. Next, do you need a large print diary for 2024? Get in touch with our site loss advisors by calling 01902 880 or email inquiries at beaconvision.org to order yours today. And last this week, have you done your Christmas shopping yet? Well, if you want to give a gift that has an extra special personal touch, Made by Fab Lab has a range of handcrafted Christmas gifts and decorations made to order just for you. From a reusable Braille gift tag that can be personalised with your own festive message to a Christmas movie mug, there's something for everyone. And each purchase you make helps us ensure that no one has to face sight loss alone. Shop our Christmas range now. 
www.etsy.com forward slash UK forward slash shop forward slash made by Fab Lab. So if you just go to the Etsy app, you can also search for it by Made by Fab Lab. That's it for this week. I'll be back again soon. Bye-bye. Thanks for that update, Helen. Next up, we have another block of local news. And up first, we hear from Christine. A £2 million cash injection will transform Wolverhampton's Lighthouse Cinema into a new-look luxury venue with double the number of screens it was revealed today. The curtain is set to rise once again at the City Centre Cinema within the Grade 2 listed Chubb buildings as new images have been unveiled showing how it could look. Wolverhampton Council announced today that the venue will be run by PDJ Management Limited, PDJ, which operates several other cinemas in England. It comes after the Lighthouse Cinema was forced to close in November last year, after more than three decades in the city, due to unsustainable levels of debt. Thousands of people signed a petition to protest against its closure, which was seen as a major blow to the city centre. But now, more than a year later, PDJ has been selected as the successful bidder from a group of eight independent operators and creative organisations which submitted formal expressions of interest in the Fire Street venue. It has put forward a proposal to convert the 6,625 square foot council-owned space from an outdated two-screen venue to a newly refurbished four-screen cinema. Together with the council, it will be making a £2 million joint investment in the critical refurbishment and fit-out programme and entering into a 30-year lease. The company says it wants to provide a luxury yet affordable venue which will be aimed at everyone from families and students to seniors. It is predicted the cinema will attract up to 130,000 visitors a year to the city centre and boost the local economy by half a million pounds annually, with three permanent and 20 to 25 part-time jobs created. The council is also working closely on the scheme with Chubb Buildings Landlord Midlands Industrial Association, MIA, which oversees a range of businesses already within the buildings. Councillor Stephen Simpkins, Wolverhampton Council's leader, said, We had an impressive response to our call for expressions of interest, which shows there is a strong appetite for leisure opportunities in our city centre. I am delighted to announce PDJ as the preferred operator. They are suitably qualified cinema and entertainment experts, and it has been exciting to learn about their vision for the space and their confidence in our city. We were particularly impressed with PDJ's commercial and social value track record, which they have sustained in their other venues over a significant period of time, and by their confidence that the new cinema offering will provide accessible and affordable luxury. They have a sound and sustainable plan that will further enhance our arts, culture and entertainment offer for residents and visitors to Wolverhampton. The new colour scheme is proposed to mirror the kit worn by Wolverhampton Wanderers. 
James Jervis, director at PDJ Management, said, We are incredibly enthusiastic about the potential of the venue at the Chubb and excited to be bringing cinema back to the city centre of Wolverhampton. We see this as a significant step for our independent, family-run group of cinemas, opening a site in the Black Country more than 100 years after our family started its association with cinema in the region through Miles Jervis. We hope to see this luxury yet affordable venue prove very popular with the city and we plan on engaging with the local arts community to showcase the best creative talent of Wolverhampton alongside the planned court offering of major first-run releases. This will be a cinema for all, aimed at everyone from families and students to seniors. Andy Munro, chairman of MIA, said, MIA are very pleased to see the space brought back into use and are looking forward to welcoming PDJ management to the Chubb building. We were pleased to be part of the selection process, working in partnership with the council to deliver this outcome. The Chubb building is one of Wolverhampton's premier and iconic heritage buildings and we are pleased that PDJ will be part of an already strong array of successful tenants. PDJ already runs the Dome Cinema in Worthing, Premier Cinema in Romford, the Majestic Cinema in Kings Lynn and Island Cinema in Lytham St Anne's. It is operated by one of the oldest cinema families in the world, with a history dating back around 125 years, showing flickering pictures in the Licky Hills in 1897. In the 1920s, the family started operating cinemas such as The Chase and The Alhambra in the Black Country in Staffordshire, with Miles Jervis the first being the figurehead. Post-war growth was led by Miles Jervis II, acquiring multiple cinemas across the West Midlands, Black Country, Staffordshire and the rest of the UK, including the Radway in Sidmouth, throughout the 1950s, 60s and 70s. The New King Cinema in West Bromwich, opened in 1975 by Miles Jarvis III, was one of the first purpose-built multi-screen cinemas in the UK. The business was sold in the mid-1990s. Paul and Deborah Jervis founded what is now PDJ Management shortly after this sale, with four cinemas currently being operated. On the maternal side, the family has deep ties to Wolverhampton industry and the area, being related to the founder of Orbit, Omega and Diamond Motorcycles on Sedgley Street in around 1910, remaining local to this day. Now here's a teasing trivia question for you. If I gave you the song titles Alison, Pump It Up, Every Day I Write the Book, and What's So Funny About Peace, Love and Understanding, would you be able to guess the artist? Well, fans will be delighted to know that Elvis Costello will be returning to Wolverhampton Civic Hall for the first time in 30 years. The singer will perform at the venue on the 25th of September 2024, playing selections from a songbook that is 50 years long and twice as deep. Alongside musician Steve Naive, a collaboration that has spanned over 45 years, 
With appearances together on 25 record albums, they will tour 11 venues across the UK, including Liverpool, Manchester and Cardiff. Elvis Costello, 69, last appeared at the Civic in 1982 and 1994, performing with the backing band The Attractions. Their 94 concert was described by the Staffordshire Sentinel as a simply no-nonsense session of pure quality music. The halls, which include the Civic and Wolfram Hall, reopened earlier this year after a £48 million revamp. Further ticket information and details for Costello's latest show can be found at www.axs.com. Now it's time to test your knowledge as we have the quiz questions for this edition brought to us by Mina. Hello and welcome to this week's Flashback Quiz. All the answers you need can be found later in Flashback Rogers' Did You Know feature. But for now, here are your questions. Here we go. Question 1. How old is Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer? Question 2. Who wrote O Little Town of Bethlehem? Question 3. We Wish You a Merry Christmas is a folk song from where? Question 4. When was Deck the Halls written? Question 5. Which Christmas song sold 30,000 records in 1934? And finally, question six. What was the original title of Jingle Bells? I will be back later in the show to give you all your answers. But for now, best of luck. Thanks for those, Mina. I'll get my mind working on them right now. Up next, however, let's have another block of local news. Project in Wolverhampton has donated 700 beds to local people in need over the last eight months. The Good Night Project started in March after Wolverhampton Council revealed that it had given almost 900 beds to children in the city. Through the initiative, beds, cots and bedding are given for free to any Wolverhampton residents in need. Phil Dixon, the project lead, said that they had seen cases where people were sleeping on the floor or in chairs. We help anyone in bed poverty, young or old, 
whatever background or culture, Mr Dixon said. The Good Night Project is a partnership between Wolverhampton Council, the African Caribbean Community Initiative and the Wolves Foundation. The team has received around 1,000 applications since March and the service is operating at near full capacity, he added. I think we had 350 applications within a couple of months. We were overwhelmed, he said. The scheme currently receives approximately 40 to 60 applications a month and has around 150 people on the waiting list. For people who need beds more urgently, the project can fast-track certain applications. In some cases, we get families where mom and dad are sleeping on a chair and there are three kids on a mattress on the floor, Mr Dixon said. So in those circumstances, we would obviously want to alleviate that problem immediately. Or if someone's coming out of temporary accommodation and is literally walking into a property with nothing and they just need somewhere to sleep while they build their lives back up again. There are very sad cases. It's very challenging sometimes to walk into those circumstances and see how people are having to live. Beds and bedding are donated from companies as well as the general public and the project has council funding so they can also buy new items. People are very generous in Wolverhampton and the surrounding areas, Mr Dixon said. Companies also donate. There's a large company in Birmingham called Westbourne Kinder Valley which donated 10 pallets of children's cots and snooze pods which will probably help upwards of 50 to 70 families. The project delivers the furniture and bedding in a donated former ambulance but occasionally vans are hired when they receive a large amount of donations. It can be overwhelming. We're running on a shoestring, Mr Dixon said. But it can change people's lives. You do see the change in people's demeanour, particularly children. He said that children were often so excited they would jump up and down on their new beds as if they were trampolines. The UK's first brain gym has opened in Dudley, primarily for men in the local area who want to sort out their mental health but don't want to speak to a therapist about their problems. Dr Emily Barney launched Spartan Brain Gym in Briley Hill last week, which provides special one-to-one personal training for mental fitness. This revolutionary approach to men's mental health replaces a therapist with a trainer and combines modern psychotherapeutic methods with the most up-to-date knowledge of how the brain works. Spartan Brain Gym delivers practical brain exercises in a simple and effective power hour to build mental strength, power and endurance so the individual can lead a fuller and better life. The gym is run from the Lions Amateur Boxing Club in Briley Hill and clients already include former Great Britain boxing coach Bob Dillon who has worked with some of GB's most successful Olympians including Amir Khan, James DeGale, Luke Campbell, Nicola Adams and Anthony Joshua. Dr Barney came up with the concept of Spartan Brain Gym after working with prisoners as an NHS clinical psychologist at HM Prison Hewell in Worcestershire. 
she developed a special interest in men's mental health after becoming alarmed by the statistics surrounding suicide, which is the single biggest killer of men under the age of 45 in the UK, according to the Office for National Statistics. Men accounted for three-quarters of suicide deaths registered in 2021, with 4,129 male deaths, compared with 1,454 female deaths. She said, I created Spartan with men in mind because they are three times more likely to die by suicide than women and are less likely to go to traditional talking therapy. I have been testing the methods and techniques used at Spartan for the last few years with prisoners, army veterans and police officers and that has given me the certainty that they can help men achieve positive outcomes. The sessions include simple cognitive techniques and practical exercises and an optional comprehensive assessment of progress. We also offer ongoing monitoring of mental health outcomes to track progress and success and personalized mental fitness training plans which are tailored to meet individual needs for optimal results. Spartan is for everyday people and a totally new way of approaching mental health. At a brain gym, the focus is on increasing brain health, strength and functioning so that men can cope more easily and effortlessly with the stresses and pressures of life. Usually within 8 to 12 weeks, our brain notices these new connections as it naturally starts coming up with new ideas and doing things differently. For men out there who might be going through a tough time now, we want them to know that Spartan is there for them. Although aimed at men, it is suitable for anybody who knows they need to sort their heads out but don't want to see a therapist and talk about their problems. Now then, from frog poses and frog stretches to something quite bizarre as if it looks like a frog, hops like a frog and sounds like a duck, it might be a frog. You'd be forgiven for thinking I've started early on the festive tipples, which I can assure you I haven't, as Wolverhampton scientists have claimed a new species of frog has been discovered, which makes a noise similar to the quack of a duck. The Noah Dehing, or music frog, named after the Noah Dehing River, was recorded in India close to the Namdaffa Tiger Reserve, the University of Wolverhampton said. It had a unique call pattern consisting of two or three notes, similar to the quack of a wild duck, an expert from the university claimed. Initially, we first heard the call from a marsh near the Noah Dehing River, which is quite similar to wild duck species like quack, 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 which we never heard before, Dr. Deepak Virapan from the university said. This newly discovered frog grows up to six centimetres and is characterised by a pale cream-coloured line on the mid-body. Scientists made the discovery during surveys in August and September, with researchers carrying out nighttime searches to look for the frogs by torchlight. It was a collaboration between Indian biologists and forest experts, as well as a team from the university's School of Life Sciences. The finding was the third consecutive discovery of a new species of amphibian from the easternmost tiger reserve of India in a year, the university said. 
Dr. Virapan said such finds underlined the importance of conserving such habitats and their surrounding areas. Researchers believe further studies would uncover more populations of the Noah Dehing frog inside the reserve. So there you have it, a real quacker of a story. Up next, we hear from Helen, who has another beacon update. Two local sight loss charities have come together to launch a unique program to help blind and partially sighted people improve their health and well-being, learn new skills, access learning opportunities and find work. The Beacon Centre for the Blind, which has been helping people to live well with sight loss for almost 150 years, is working in partnership with Samwell Visually Impaired, a Samwell-based organisation managed and run by visually impaired people as part of the Work to Wellbeing project. The two organisations which support people to live independently with sight loss have been funded through the Shared Prosperity Fund by a Samwell Council from the UK government as part of Leveling Up. They have received funding to help blind and partially sighted people break down some of the barriers that they face in accessing their community, living independently and finding work, learning or volunteering opportunities. In the first few months of the programme, more than 200 people have already been reached with a message about living well with sight loss. Jan Burns, MBE, Health and Wellbeing Director at Beacon said, We are delighted to be working alongside Sangwell Visually Impaired on this unique programme to enable blind and partially sighted people to live well with sight loss. Our organisations are here to support people at whatever stage they're at in their sight loss journey. And by coming together in partnership, we can ensure a truly person-centred approach that puts the individual at the heart of what we do. Anthony Averis, SVI Chair, added, We're pleased to have this opportunity to work in partnership with the Beacon Centre. It's an organisation that's been run and led by blind and partially sighted people in Samuel for almost 20 years. SVI is well-placed to support our community and understand their needs. Throughout this programme, SVI and Beacon will share our knowledge, expertise and resources to enable people to get the most out of life in what can often be challenging circumstances. To find out more about the project, you can call Samuel Visually Impaired on 0121 525 4810 or email beacon at inquiries at beaconvision.org or call 01902 880 You can also email SVI at info at samuelvisuallyimpaired.org.uk. Next, let's have another block of local news. Two Wolverhampton chefs are inspiring people from the city to cook healthy food on a budget. Simon Clark and Prince Robinson are putting on the two-hour sessions at venues across the WV10 area of Wolverhampton to show that nutritious meals can still be served up despite a cost-of-living crisis. WV10 Community Chefs, which was launched by WV10 Consortium, a group of seven local organisations that deliver community-run centres and schemes, is now also part-funded by Wolverhampton City Council. 
The initiative has hosted more than 200 sessions in the last six months, with organizers saying they usually help a couple of hundred households per year, providing them with an opportunity to get out of the house, meet new people and take home a hot meal. Each session provides a cooking on a budget workshop, a WV10 budget cookbook, cookery training, cookery demonstrations, certificates in food hygiene, cost of living support, and nutritional education. There is currently a waiting list to get involved with the cookery sessions, but for further information and to register interest, you can contact the WV Consortium at Low Hill, Wolverhampton on 077-135-06910. And for a couple of established eateries in the region, a moment of inspiration has landed them with nominations for this year's Funniest Business Names of the Year Award. Balti Towers in Hales Owen and Live and Let Die, spelt D-Y-E, in Stafford, have both been nominated as having the funniest shop names in this year's Punniest Shop Name Award by Babble. The two businesses were chosen for their comedic name, with each competing against nine other businesses in the West Midlands for the hilarious award. Balti Towers in Long Lane, Hells Owen, is a Bring Your Own Bottle award-winning British Kashmiri Bistro that was named after the iconic British comedy show featuring John Cleese and Faulty Towers. Also in the running is Stafford's Live and Let Die, a hairdresser on Malt Mill Lane that is known for its generous reviews online. Talking about the awards on their website, Organisers Babble said, Puns are a very British pastime and form the backbone of many cringe-inducing dad jokes. However, our amusement at such wordplay is completely baffling to many overseas. Babble is celebrating this peculiarly British form of humour by launching a nationwide search for the UK's best pun-powered shop name. Mohammed Habib, owner of Balti Towers, said, It's fantastic news. We have actually been open for around 32 years now. Over the years, the name has always stayed the same. It was my brother who actually started the business. I think he chose the name because he was clearly a fan of Faulty Towers. All we're waiting for now is for John Cleese to come down and try our food. Also in the runnings in the West Midlands category are fan favourites Rice to Meet You, a sushi restaurant in Birmingham, Pocklick's Cow, a barbecue restaurant in Birmingham, and the Pork of the Town, a hot dog van in Coventry. Hayley Nixon, owner of Live and Let Die, said, I'm really shocked that we've been nominated for this and so happy for the shop to be on the list. I'm so grateful. The winner of their individual polls will be crowned the UK's punniest shop name for their region. For a full list of all candidates included in the Babble survey and to cast your vote, visit surveymonkey.co.uk forward slash r forward slash 75JJ252. As always, the lists miss out on some of the greats, so we have compiled our top six choices of some of the punniest businesses monikers we have seen in the black country and slightly further afield. Whoops-a-daisy, Orchester Road, Kings Heath. This lovely flower shop owner must have made a mistake when they named their business. Never mind though, we still love it. Hardwock, Hardwick Road, Sutton Coalfield. Sutton Coalfield residents must be among the funniest. 
as these hard-walking shop owners also chose an especially punny name for their takeaway. What's better after a hard day's work than a hard walk takeaway? Our place, Dudley Road, Hales Owen. This chippy utilised the name of a common flatfish for their moniker in a brilliant turn of phrase that got us chuckling. Bring the chippy to our place with our place chip shop. Kent's Tuck In Fried Chicken, the Arcade Dudley. If you say this chicken shop's name fast enough, you may be in for a lawsuit. Kent's Tuck In Fried Chicken is a lawsuit waiting to happen. Under Pressure Espresso, Birmingham Road, Sutton Coldfield. The owners of this little coffee shop fit two jokes in their creative name, referencing the classic song by Queen and also the process of making espresso coffee. Say, e do body as you sip your coffee at Under Pressure Espresso. Salmonella's Cafe, Spring Road, Wolverhampton. I'm sure this cafe serves some fantastic food. However, the name is leaving us with a bit of an upset tummy. Do you know any other punny past or present business names from the Black Country? Or perhaps you have made up some of your own? If so, let us know. You can send your entertaining names to bctn at beaconvision.org or call us on 01902 880 111. Up next, it's trivia time, brought to us by Flashback Roger and his Did You Know feature. Take it away, Roger. Hello again, everyone. What with the Christmas season well underway now, I've been thinking about Christmas songs and carols. So here are a few points of interest about the background to some of our perennial favourites. Now then, did you know that? <coughs> Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer was born out of a department store marketing assignment. Defunct Chicago-based department store Montgomery Ward wanted to pass out free colouring books to children during the holiday shopping season of 1939. Copywriter Robert L. May was tasked with writing a poem to go into the booklets, but it was ten years later in 1949 that the poem was set to the now familiar music. An Old Little Town of Bethlehem was written by Boston minister Philip Brooks, who spent the Christmas of 1866 in Bethlehem. Inspired by his pilgrimage, he wrote the poem Old Little Town of Bethlehem in 1868 for the Sunday school at his parish in Boston, USA. In England, Old Little Town of Bethlehem is better known to the tune called Forest Green. And We Wish You a Merry Christmas is a folk carol from the West Country. It was sung by carolers or mummers as they were called in the 19th century. Children who sang carols from door to door, expecting treats in return such as Christmas pudding, which often contained sweet ingredients like figs. And Deck the Halls is a Welsh New Year carol dating from the 16th century. Its Welsh title being Nos Gallen. The song gained popularity after it was published in John Thomas's Welsh Melodies of 1862. However, there were English lyrics, which were an attempt to translate the Welsh rather than write a new poem altogether. What the two texts have in common, though, is a goodly quantity of follow-laws. 
and Santa Claus is Coming to Town is a well-used Christmas song written by J. Fred Coots and Haven Gillespie. The earliest known recorded version of the song was by banjoist Harry Reeser and his band on October the 24th, 1934. It became an instant hit with orders for 500,000 copies of sheet music and more than 30,000 records sold within 24 hours. And Jingle Bells has its root in America. Legend says that the song made its debut in 1850 in Medford, Massachusetts, composed by James Lord Pierpont, who was a native of the town. He wanted to write something to commemorate the town's annual sleigh races around Thanksgiving. He published the song in 1857 under the title One Horse Open Sleigh. Well, I do believe that I could hear some of it prompted to burst into song, but if not, perhaps you will later after a sherry or two. Personally, I've stocked up with mince pies, and I'm just about to go to get myself a chocolate yule log. I always love the sprig of holly and the little plastic robin on top. I do love those seasonal treats, don't you? In your own dub, I'm off. I'll go down the market for a bargain or two, I think. Till next week, then. Ta-ra a bit. Ta-ra! Now we have to hear what the weather has in store for us. Brought to us, come rain or shine, by our own Sunny Mina. The weather for this week ahead is forecast to remain surprisingly dry with plenty of sunny intervals. Temperatures are forecast to continue to feel more like autumn. UV levels are expected to remain low. The sunrise and sunset times are 8.20am for the sunrise and 3.15pm for the sunset. Friday 15th of December is forecast to begin rather misty, but this should clear by midday with spells of sunshine expected through the remainder of the day. Temperatures are expected to be around 8 or 9 degrees and will hold up well at 5 degrees overnight. Moving on, and remarkably, it looks like the spell of dry weather is set to stay with us for the weekend too. With a gentle breeze, temperatures will remain at 10 degrees on both Saturday and Sunday, with Sunday looking like it may provide the better chance of more prolonged sunny intervals. On to next week, where the spell of settled dry weather will continue to dominate once again, with plenty of sunshine to look out for. It is forecast for the clear spell to remain in the region on Monday 18th of December and continue right through to Thursday 21st of December. With a gentle breeze, temperatures should continue to hold up around 10 degrees, with a chance of some light drizzle breaking through on Thursday. So there you have it. A rather settled spell of sunshine to enjoy this week. As always, enjoy the weather. Cheers for that weather update, Mina. Now it's time to find out how our local football teams have been getting on. In a cagey affair at Molyneux, Wolves came from behind to earn a point against Nottingham Forest. Nottingham Forest named a defensive side amid their Premier League struggles and called up former Wolves players Willie Bolly and Morgan Gibbs-White into their starting eleven. 
The fixture at Molyneux saw Wolves supporters stage a protest before and during the game, with banners and placards condemning VAR after a string of controversial decisions against Wolves this season. Once football was the centre of attention again, Gibbs-White was being targeted by chants and boos from home fans. Wolves made a steady start to the game, neat and tidy with possession, but an uncharacteristic calamity of errors from the back line saw the struggling visitors take the lead after just 14 minutes. Despite going behind so early, the hosts continued to dominate possession, but were still struggling to break down a stubborn forest defensive unit. However, Wolves regained composure and put together a fluid attacking move to sweep home an equaliser after 32 minutes. Mario Lamina played the ball down the right channel for Pablo Sarabia, who cut it back to Cunha to fire them level before the break. A difficult second half saw Wolves fail to get a grip on the game as chances came at both ends of the field. Wolves were given many warning signs with Forrest smashing the crossbar midway through the half and missing another glorious opportunity from close range. In similar vein to their recent performance against Burnley, Wolves were ponderous and lacked dynamism, but almost took the lead when Cunha capitalised on a mistake. In a rare forage into the Forest box, the forward saw his effort saved by Matt Turner before his follow-up was blocked. Sasha Kaladzic was thrown on in the final minutes, but Wolves were unable to break down a Forest side happy to protect what they had, as the sides ultimately settled for a draw in a game lacking any real quality. And a dejected O'Neill felt his side could have done more to win the game. It was a tough game to go 1-0 down against a team that were here to defend very deep and just plan on the counter-attack, he said. To give them an early 1-0 lead played into their hands and made it difficult for us. In the first half we responded pretty well once we found our way. We scored a really good goal and looked a threat. But we lost our way in the second half. We didn't find a way to cause them problems in their back five. I leave slightly disappointed feeling we were all trying to get more. The players, myself, the fans. And we didn't manage to test them as much as I would have liked. I have a tinge of disappointment, but once we take a step back and look where we are, it's positive to take four points from the two home games and positive where we are points-wise at the moment. And it was heartbreak again for a patched-up Albion with two late Sunderland goals condemning them to defeat at the Stadium of Light. Albion looked weary, lacked inspiration and without key figures have now lost back-to-back -back games for the first time since early August. It was a busy, action-packed first period, initially with an even look about it before the hosts grabbed the initiative. And the hosts should have led on 14 minutes, but for a big mistake from referee Darren Bond and his team, much to the relief of Alex Palmer. The keeper was slack and spilled a tame effort into the path of Job Bellingham, who converted from close range. But for a belated assistance flag wrongly ruling offside, as TV replays proved the ex-Blues youngster was well on. Feeling aggrieved, the home crowd had more to argue about moments later, as the officials ignored a soft penalty appeal after a mazy Patrick Roberts run was ended by Molumbi. Corberan's men began to look a little off the boil and pace either side of the half-hour mark as Sunderland sniffed an advantage. 
While the home side should have had a goal, they should have also had a first half red card. Defender Ballard lunged into an awful scissored challenge from behind on Maya, who was left crumpled in a heap. Eventually, helped by physios, the striker was helped off to tasteless chance as replays showed the severity of the challenge. The second period took some time to burst into life, but did so around the hour following a couple of cautions. The contest became stretched, with the hosts looking the brighter and sharper going forward. To regain some control, Carlos Corberan introduced Thomas Asante and Nathaniel Chaloba. Sunderland remained on top, a breakthrough looked on the cards, and it came all too easily from an Albion perspective with 20 minutes left. The visitors looked despondent, and any hopes of firing back level were soon extinguished. Evoking memories of last week, it was a baggies set piece inside the final 10 minutes that handed the opponents a second. A corner was cleared by Sunderland, and with great incision, the home team struck to make it 2-0. There was an element of misfortune on Albion's part, as Connor Townsend slipped when in control of the ball to allow the Black Cats to pounce. That looked that until barely a minute later, as subs combined for Thomas Asante's fine header to beat Anthony Patterson from Pippa's excellent left-sided cross. Corberan's men couldn't muster one final big moment. Sarmiento, Albion's brightest attacker, had a half-hearted penalty appeal waved away, but the hosts were value for their win. We didn't perform in the best level we have as a team. In these games, we need to perform really well in attack and defence to win, because I know the quality Sunderland have, a disappointed Corberan said of the contest. The Albion boss is now waiting to discover the extent of another unfair Josh Meyer ankle injury from the defeat at Sunderland. Meyer could not put any weight on his ankle, the same one he injured at Bristol City and was forced out of action for two months. Corberan said he has not seen the incident back yet, but suggested TV watchers could make their own decision about the incident, which many felt warranted a dismissal and feels the situation is unfair on his summer recruit. Now, here come the quiz answers, and they're brought to us by Mina. Hello, and here are your answers for this week's flashback quiz. Feeling confident? How will you score? Let's see. Question 1. How old is Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer? And the answer? He is 83, born in 1939. Question 2. Who wrote O Little Town of Bethlehem? And the answer? Philip Brooks. Question 3. We Wish You a Merry Christmas is a folk song from where? And the answer here is the West Country. Question 4. When was Deck the Halls written? And the answer, 16th century. Question 5. Which Christmas song sold 30,000 records in 1934? And the answer, Santa Claus is coming to town. And finally, question six. What was the original title of Jingle Bells? 
And the answer here is one horse open sleigh. Did you get them all right? If not, not to worry, as I will be back next week to test you all once again. Bye for now. Are you ready to get moving? Well, let's hope so, because up next we have the 10 today workout. I'm exhausted just listening to it. TNF Soundings. Features from across the UK. Hello everyone, this is 10 Today, a 10-minute set of exercises to do at home to help keep yourself active. Before we get to today's presenter, a couple of housekeeping points to note. The 10 Today project is funded by the Big Lottery and Sport England, and when you're doing the exercises, it's important that you don't push yourself too far, and by taking part, you agree to 10 Today's terms and conditions. You can read these terms and conditions at tnflink.uk forward slash 10T, and the 10T is the digit 1, the digit 0, and the letter T. And please remember that you agree to take part at your own risk. Today's exercises are brought to you by Mary, and here she is. Hello and welcome to 10 Today. These are short, 10-minute physical activity routines, which will get you moving and stretching. They're great for your health, including boosting your mood. And very importantly, they're designed to support your everyday movements, your functional fitness, your flexibility, balance and mobility, such as when you have to reach up, turn, bend down and so on. These simple routines will help you with that. Just take them at your own pace. There are plenty of options. If an exercise feels too much, then just take it easy and have a break. All the exercises can be done either standing up or sitting down. Just do whatever feels good for you today. When lifting your arms or knees, only go as far as is comfortable. And if you have any problems with your knees or hips, take care not to twist them during the movements. It can also help to pull in your tummy when you're bending your back. And just breathe normally throughout these activities. We want you all to do these activities safely. You are responsible for monitoring how you're feeling throughout the sessions. And if you feel any discomfort or pain, for example, if you feel unwell or dizzy or experience palpitations, then please stop and seek medical advice. You agree to take part at your own risk. If you're remaining seated, it would be ideal if you can use a hard chair, preferably one without arms, such as a dining chair that you can sit upright in with a straight back and your feet flat on the floor. If you're standing, just step your feet hip width apart, relax your shoulders and take a good strong stance. And you might want to have a sturdy chair nearby to hold on to sometimes for balance. We hope you enjoy 10 today. So we're going to start with a warm-up. You're just going to quickly tap or pat different parts of your body. So briefly tap along each arm, one at a time, in different places. Your upper arm, your forearm and your wrist. And do the same on both arms. 
Then pat the top of both legs, just quickly tapping up and down your legs in various places towards your knees for a few seconds. Great, you should be nicely warmed up now and ready to move. So we're going to start with the twister. Start with your feet hip width apart and place your hands on your hips. You're just going to twist gently from either side, rotating your upper body and waist. Just turning first one way and then the other. Go a bit further now into the hip, but be careful not to twist your knees. Keep turning from side to side and back to the center, keeping your hands on your hips. Couple more times now. Twist a little bit further if you can. This is great for your hip rotation and your core. Next up, it's lean forward. Now with this one, you're going to lean forward and touch your opposite hand to your knee. So leaning forward, take the left hand to the right knee and come back to an upright position. Now take the right hand to the left knee. Keep alternating between left and right, coming back to an upright position in the middle and only go as far as your body allows. If you'd like to try going a little bit further this time, you get a nice stretch in your back. So just do a few more to the left, to the center, then right and back to the center. Keep going. This is really good for your back and your core. Now it's opening the chest. So in the usual starting position with your feet hip width apart and your shoulders relaxed, just lean forwards a little and take both arms forward and down in front of you. Then straighten back up, stretching those arms out to each side at the same time, in line with your shoulders to open your chest. This is a nice flowing movement with your arms. And again, leaning forwards, both arms coming down in front of you, Coming back up, lifting and open your arms to the sides. So lean forward, come back up and squeeze the shoulder blades together as you stretch your arms out to each side to really open the chest. A couple more times now. Going a little bit lower if you can. This is great for your arms, chest and balance. Well done. The next one is called Rush the Intruder. Step your right foot forward, bending your knee into a comfortable lunge with the foot of your back leg slightly raised on its toes. Now punch out with your opposite arm straight in front of you. Then pull that arm back and step back. Now repeat on the other side. So step forward with your left foot this time and punch out with the opposite arm. Pull it back and step back. Keep going alternating between left and right. If it's comfortable, you can go slightly wider with the punches and deeper with the lunge, bending that back knee. Just keep going for a couple more. That's great. This is really good for your arms and balance and core. Now it's track the sun. So with your feet hip width apart and starting with a nice straight back and your tummy in, raise both arms up over your head and gently circle each one in the air, moving from your shoulders. Now turn to the right as if you're following the sun. 
keeping your feet still, all the time moving your arms and making circles. Then come back to the centre with your arms still raised. Then turn to the left, arms high and circling in the air. Keep turning from the left to the right a few more times. Make the circles a little bit wider if you can. That's good. And back to the centre and arms down. This is great for your hip rotation, shoulders and your arms. The next one is push the figure. Step your right foot forward and slightly bend your knee into a lunge position with the foot of your back leg slightly raised on its toes. Bring both arms up to chest height, holding them out in front of you with your elbows slightly bent. Now you're going to make a figure of eight with your hands as if the figure eight is on its side. So a lovely flowing movement with your arms, making that figure of eight shape. Then stepping back and now stepping your left foot forward into that bent knee lunge and make a figure of eight again. Just keep going a few more times, alternating your feet and making lovely flowing movements with your arms and hands. And make that figure of eight a little bit bigger if you can. That's good. This is another one that's good for your shoulders, arms and balance. Well done. Now it's time for block across. Lift both arms straight out in front of you, then bend your elbows, keeping them at shoulder height with your forearms in front of your face, a few inches apart and your hands in fists. Then move your arms apart, opening them up and taking them back in line with your shoulders. Keep your elbows bent and your forearms straight up so you're making a nice right angle with your arms. Then squeeze them in again in front of your face. So as you come out, squeeze the shoulder blades and then back in and back out again, squeezing in and squeezing out. Repeat those in and out movements a few more times, keeping your arms at shoulder level. That's great. This one is really good for your chest. Next up, it's Flight of the Crane. So standing nice and straight with your feet hip width apart and your tummy in, stretch both arms out to each side in line with your shoulders, keeping them level if you can. Then circle your arms back, moving them from your shoulders to make small circling movements with each arm. Then step your right foot forward into a lunge position, knees slightly bent, and still circling those arms. And now step back, reverse your arms to make small circles in the other direction and step forward with your left foot into that lunge position. Then step back. Repeat this a few more times, just switching feet from left to right and circling your arms from the shoulders. So that's one foot in front, knee slightly bent and the other leg behind. Make sure your front knee isn't reaching any further forward than your toes. Keep going. Try to make wider shoulder circles if you can. This is another good one for your shoulders, arms and your legs too. 
Now, this next one is called Let's Run. So just start marching on the spot, lifting your knees and swinging your arms. That's it. Keep going. If you're sitting down, this is a very small movement. Take care not to lift your knees too high. If you're standing and you're able to, you can take your knees up a bit higher, increase your hip movement and swing your arms a bit more. Keep going. That's really good. This is great for your legs and balance. And the last one is swan neck. So lift your right hand up so it's level with the side of your head with the palm facing forwards. Move your arm slightly back until it's level with your shoulder. Then push your arm up into the air, keeping it as high and as straight as you can. Then bring it back down, pause your hand at head level and then lower it back down to your side. Swap arms and do exactly the same again. Taking your left hand up level with the side of your head, moving your arm back to shoulder line, extending it up high and then back down again. Just repeat this movement a few more times, alternating from right arm to left arm each time. And try to keep those arms as straight as you can. This is great for your chest, back and core. That's all the exercises done. So we're just going to finish with a quick shake to cool down. So raise both arms up above your head towards the ceiling and just briefly wave your hands and arms in the air. Then lift one leg slightly from the floor if you can. Shake it out in the air for a second or two. Raise the other leg and shake that one too. Or you can just shake your upper body instead. So that's the end of the session. Great work, everyone. We hope you enjoyed it. Doing 10 today just three times a week can have positive benefits for your physical health and improve your well-being too. It's short, it's fun, and you'll simply feel better. So do keep going. TNF Soundings. So that's it for another edition of the Black Country Talking News. A reminder to our CD listeners who have received CDs in padded envelopes that you don't need to send anything back to us. If you have a sight loss tip or someone you would like to wish a happy birthday to, just say hello to. Maybe even a poem or talking book you would like reviewed, then please get in touch with us at the Beacon Centre. Call 01902 880 Email bctn at beaconvision.org or write to us at the Black Country Talking News, Beacon, Wolverhampton Road East, Wolverhampton, WV46AZ. We look forward to hearing from you. Thank you for listening and thank you to all our supporters, donators and volunteers who without their support will be unable to run this free service. Please note the information and views expressed in this recording does not necessarily represent the views of Beacon or Talking News and were accurate at the time of recording. Mentions of goods and services does not imply endorsement and whilst every care is taken to supply accurate information, Beacon and Talking News do not undertake liability for any errors. So it's goodbye from all of us, stay safe, have a good week and we look forward to bringing you next week's edition of the Black Country Talking News. Ta-ra!